0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to speak to you tonight on this subject, when the saints go marching in. <laughs> And that's coming today is the saints are going to go marching in and i read to you from first corinthians 15 and just one verse out of this great chapter uh, given probably more description about that moment in the twinkling of an eye when we were raised up at the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the archangel to meet the lord But I just take this one verse for tonight. In chapter 15 and verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, I'll say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. And I would just simply add to that verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. I like that present tense, but now is Christ risen from the dead. I know it hasn't been too many weeks away from that very, very special day uh, that even the world recognizes the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether they believe it or not, whether it's just for their commercial uh, things or not, but the world acknowledges that there is a day and they put it on the calendar of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that uh, Easter is already past. But for me, there's never a bad time to preach on the resurrection. There's not a bad time to talk about that time when the Lord Jesus got up, stayed up, is up, and waiting on us. The Gibraltar of our faith is the resurrection. Amen. I thank God for the birth. And thank God for Calvary. But thank God for the Amen, the final Amen, when He got up on that third day. That makes everything good. Everything in this Bible. Every word, every jot and every tittle, every promise that's made in this book that Gibraltar, the resurrection, makes it good. You can count on it. Because the Bible says there will be that day when the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet in the Lord of the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And wherefore comfort one another with these words. When you look back into the Old Testament, you'll find that the trumpet and the trumpets were a very special instrument in relation to the children of Israel. And they were blown for different occasions. But there was one time when they were to break camp, that they would have a special trumpet sound. And the children of Israel would break camp and head out towards that promised land. One of these days, the children of God, at the sound of the trumpet, we're going to break camp for the last time. And it won't be long. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll be able to see that land that we've been told about. And when that day comes, that's the day when the saints go marching in. Amen. This great company that will be go marching in on that day, this great company will be the company of the redeemed. These are those that have already been to the fountain. They've already been washed in the blood of the Lamb. These are those that have already tasted of the bread from heaven and found that it was good they have been to that well and had a drink of that water so that we'd never thirst again Amen. these are those that have already experienced that joy unspeakable and full of glory yeah. we have already known the peace that passes all the understanding of man and so now we've been lifted out of the pit We've been planted on a solid rock. Our goings have been established. He's put a new song in our heart to sing on the way. He's given us a lamp for our feet and a light for our pathway. And told goodness and mercy to follow us the rest of the days until that day comes to pass. I'm so glad tonight, and if you're saved, you ought to be glad that you're in that great company of the redeemed the redeemed goes marching in and on that day when the redeemed goes marching in, boy here's a challenge for all of us how many will be going marching in with us that we've told the story to, we've taken time to pray for and we've taken time to witness to them, we've gone out of our way to tell somebody that he's alive
1: that he lives
0: He's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for his own and willing to save all that will come unto him. And so there's a great challenge tonight for all of us. When we go marching in, rejoicing in our hearts, happy in our souls, having already experienced all the blessings of God, and now looking for that eternal day of blessing, how many is going to go marching in because of us hopefully it'll be our family hopefully it will be the friends that we've known along the way and trust and hope it'll be a stranger that we've found along the way but maybe they'll then be a great host to go marching in on that day with us singing the song rejoicing in their heart Knowing that their names are written on the Lamb's book of life simply because you knew you were going and you didn't want to go in without your children. You didn't want to go in without your friends. You didn't want to go in without your parents. You just didn't want to go in empty handed. But in this great company there will be some that will just barely get in they'll get in just so as by fire for the bible tells us when we look over to first corinthians in chapter uh, three i believe it is in first corinthians we read where the bible tells us that uh there'll be a day when the child of god is gonna come and stand before the lord and the bible says this in verse 13 of chapter 3 Think about that. Just getting in by the grace of God and by the fact that God loved you, pulled you up, washed you in the fountain, saved you, told you your name's written on the Lamb's book of life, told you that I've gone to prepare a place for you in heaven, a city four square with a street of pure gold and blessed you and answered prayers along the way and yet we have nothing in our hand when we go to meeting for while we're shouting on our way and getting all excited about that trumpet sound and getting up and going to heaven just remember this one thing there's a stop we gotta make before we get to the marriage supper of the lamb we gotta stop at the judgment seat of christ where every believer is going to have to stand before God. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 there, that every man's work or every man's life is going to be examined. And that just God and that fair God will be able to find hopefully and prayerfully and will find in some of that which is silver and gold and precious stone. Boy, what a life. To stand and meet God with when the trumpet sounds. That you'd have some silver and gold and precious stone. But there will be others in that company of saints that goes marching in. That when they get in, there'll be nothing left that was good. Because it was just wood, hay, stubble, half-hearted service. And it's all burned up with no eternal or no lasting rewards nothing good just empty-handed and we sing the song must i go in empty-handed must i meet my savior so is that what you want out of your life is that how we want to show up at the judgment seat of jesus christ when we look forward and sing about that day when we're gonna get to see him Boy, when you get to see him, you don't want to see him empty-handed. Boy, you want to have something in your hand to lay at his feet and thank him for. Maybe a soul winner's crown, a faithfulness crown, a loving crown to lay at his feet, thanking him for what he's done for it. But in this company, there are those who were be willing to be used up while there will be so many there empty-handed they lived half-hearted lives they couldn't be counted on they become saved but say but become so busy in life that they forgot or put aside the main mean and aim in life and that's living for God and serving him but thank God those are going to be there that more than just get in thank God they're going to hear a well done There'll be those who are willing to take a stand and willing to serve and and willing to live for God at any cost and any price. Boy, there'll be those that's already mentioned for us at the marriage supper when we sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of God. And all of those saints who paid the price and Paul will be there and Peter will be there and, and John will be there. And, and all of those saints of God, so many is not numbered, will be there. And so I must ask myself, how much of me is really being used up for God? How much of my life am I using it up for Raymond Hancock? But how much of my life is willing to be used up simply for Him? In a thankful spirit for what He's done for me. What He's doing for me. And what He's got in store for me. In this company will be those who paid the supreme price to get up, stand up, and stay up for God. No matter what the world or the devil could throw at them, they still stood. They wouldn't throw in the towel. They wouldn't quit. Wouldn't turn in another direction for an easier road along the way or a more financial position, picture in life. And there will be those who paid that supreme price. And if we had time to go back in church history and even read in the Bible. Uh, Where that uh, John the Baptist got up, stood up, stayed up at the price of laying his head on a charter. Thank God! I believe God's still looking for some folks like that. Who will not only get up, but thank God, stay up. Were you up at one time? Are you still up? Are you determined in your heart by the grace of God? I don't care what this world throws at me. I don't know what they throw me into in this old world. By the grace of God, I'm going out with a song in my heart. I'm going out saying I'm glad I'm saved. Thank God I'm a member of the family of God. I'm going to stay at it and stay true. till Jesus comes back. Paying the Supreme. You go back to history. Those who were for their faith and courage and testimony. wouldn't give it up were willing to be thrown into those great arenas and fed to the wild beast those who were the lighted torches for the highways along the way just wouldn't give up for god i don't know if you've seen this picture but it's a prize picture i got a hold of some time ago this is a little girl from Somalia. One to Christ, 13 years old. Her name is Isatu. 13 years old. One to Christ. Christ was real in her life. Alive. And she was not only alive, but she was living it for Christ. But the Muslims came into her village and identified all of those that had been won to Christ. And they said. You'll bow down. And you'll worship Allah. And you'll deny this Christ. And if you don't. We'll cut your hands off. A 13 year old girl. Little Issa too, Stood up for Christ one day. And no matter what the world could throw at her. If they had to cut off her hands. She wouldn't give up her testimony for Jesus. And she said right here, they put my hands on the ground and cut them off quickly. The left one first, and then I fell on the ground. And Esa too, with no hands, what a testimony for Christ. I believe she's going to meet the Savior With some rejoicing. Oh you say. Yeah but she has nothing in her hand. I got news for you honey. She'll get some new ones. Amen. Amen. She'll have them. Just think about it. When the saints go marching in. That's you and that's me. When we go marching in. I hope I don't have to. March beside Issa too. I'd have to, hate to have to march beside John the Baptist or Paul or many of the saints of God that paid the supreme price because they got up with something they wouldn't surrender for anything. Thank God for the child of God who still recognizes and rejoices with that which they have in Christ, that they won't let Satan or this world take it out of their life. When the saints go marching in, so many empty-handed, nothing to show. They dodged every conflict. They lived half-hearted. They were a coward in the day of battle. They may have gotten up but didn't stay up. They've loved the world and gone back to the world. And the fight was too hard. The battle was too bitter. And they've laid the armor down. And faithful is not found anymore. The love is gone. The commitment to Christ is a half-hearted commitment. But nevertheless, if they've been born again, they're going in. I don't want to go in empty-handed, half-hearted. I know there'd have been a lot more that I could have done. And I'm sure I'll have a lot of regret when I get to glory. But I want to try to do the very best I can by the grace of God. And I'm still looking. I'm still looking for something that I need to do a little better for God. for the ride. I'm not looking for the magic carpet. Honey, I'm looking for a fight. I'm looking for a battle. I'm looking for somebody that needs to get saved. I want to stay in it. If God will help me, I want to stay up. And when it comes time to go home, I want to be found standing up. I don't want to be found way out of the house of God and way out of the will of God. I want to be found doing something for God. But the saints are going marching in. Thank God for that. But did you know there's also going to be a day when the sinners will go marching in. That is going to be a sad day. Nothing to look forward to. They're not singing any song. They never had one. They've never known the real peace that passes all the understanding of man. They didn't never know anything about this joy unspeakable and full of glory that's just being a child of God. They never knew that. For one reason or another, they didn't take time. They were afraid, too busy managing their life until they missed the opportunity that was given to them to be saved and to know the Lord. Nothing in store for them but a dark eternity for all eternity. Jude says, "...is the wandering stars in the blackness of the darkness of eternity forever and ever and ever. Nothing but waiting them but the like of fire." In this company, believe it or not, in this company of sinners that goes marching in, this company of unbelievers, The Bible said they were just unbelievers. But it also said and says in Revelation 21, verse 6 and 8. When you read it over here, it says this in verse 8. But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, idolaters, liars, shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The worst of humanity goes in with the best that humanity could produce. That fellow said, well, I try to do right. I live clean, I don't drink, I don't run around on my wife and don't run around on my husband and I believe in God. But they never believed strong enough to accept him as their own personal savior. And the good, that good man down the street, that clean man who lived morally clean is going in also. Some from the church or religion is going in. Because they will say as they're about to depart, Well, Lord, have we not done many wonderful things in your name? And he will say to them, I never knew you. Because you can. he can only know you through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way he's going to know you, as it were. But think about that. Matthew 7, verse 21, and through those verses, let's say, but Lord, Lord, Lord. But he said, I'm sorry, I never knew you. Let us be reminded that there is a day, all of us, are going to march. We're either going to be in that great company of the redeemed or else we're going to be in that great company of sinners who are lost without Christ, unbelievers. I don't have time to deal with everything that man has to deal with today in making his choice. Probably one of the most confusing things in the life of the unbeliever through these years until this very day is religion as a parade before mankind all the different philosophies all of the different gods all the different ideas and thoughts about eternity or whether is one or whether there isn't one And sometimes there are those who don't like the God of the Christian science and they don't like the God of the Jehovah's Witness or maybe they don't like uh, the God of modern theology. Maybe they don't like the God of Mormonism. And so there are a group of people who just don't like any of the gods they see so they make the one they like the best. They make up their own. And they think, well, this is the way I think God looks at me. But if you really want to know how God looks at you, that's uh, Find it right in here. And this is how he looks at you. And so you and I have had to make a choice and that lost man has to make a choice of, of what he's going to listen to and who he's going to listen to. All of these voices that are crying, whether it's Buddha, confusion, whatever, saying, look to me, Allah, follow me. Or either you're just going to have to listen to the voice of God in the Bible that said, this is the way, walk ye in it. Come unto me, all ye that are weary, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. They're going to have to look at the God of this Bible or the God that they make up or the God of some religious world or say in their heart like like the agnostic says, I'm not sure about it, or the atheist who says there is no God. But I'm here to tell you, God is. Christ is. He came, he died, he lives, he's alive. So what am I saying to God's children across the land? This is what I'm saying to them. Yes, let's rejoice. Because the saints, one of these days, are going to go marching in. But maybe before that day comes... When we go marching in, maybe we ought to all go to the graveyard and resurrect some things that we've let die. Only Jesus Christ can walk to the grave of a man who's been dead for four days and now stinketh and say, get up. Or whether it's a young lad in a casket passing by and touch it and say get up. And every time the Lord Jesus, whether it was a cripple or a blind man or or whatever man's need was, even in death, he could say get up and they would get up. The blind man would get up, the crippled man would get up, the dead man would get up. Because he alone has the power to do that. But... I want to challenge you tonight. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross, he gave you, through your salvation and his death, he gave you resurrection power. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, that I may know him, the fellowship of his sufferings, and the power of his resurrection. You and I, saved, having the Holy Spirit of God, we have the power, resurrection power, to raise some things that may have died in our lives. You and I can raise in the graveyard our faithfulness that we've let die and now lies in a grave of contentment. You can raise that giving that you've let die and now lies in a grave of covetousness. You may, you can, I can raise a testimony that I've let die and now lies in a grave of worldliness. You and I can raise our Bible convictions again that we've now buried in a grave of compromise. You and I have the power to raise that love that we have left and now lies in a lukewarm grave. It's time for some of the children of God To go to the graveyard and say to that love we've left, that first love, that exciting love, that church-going love, that Bible-loving love, that witnessing love, and that testimony that we had, that testimony that we had for Christ, we've let it die. It's buried It's time for some of the children of God to go to the graveyard and resurrect those things that we've just let die in our lives. And I'll tell you what, when you come out of the graveyard with resurrection power, you'll be happy about that. You'll rejoice again. Your your song will start sounding again it'll get your song will get sweet again when you resurrect that faithfulness you've let die and that giving you've let die and your testimony that you've let die and that love that you've let die and those convictions that you've forsaken and let die or when you come out of that graveyard and you've resurrected something you're happy in God again amen and amen for those of you who are unsaved tonight Jesus Christ can resurrect you out of that dead life that you were born with, spiritually speaking. You have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Aren't you glad that he came to your grave and resurrected you, spiritually speaking? That ought to be enough incentive for some child of God tonight to go on their face before God and say, Lord, my testimony is buried. I want to raise it up again. My faithfulness has been half analyzed in a half-hearted grave, but I want to get it up again. It's time to get up. Because he's up. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, we've just tried to be honest. Lord, I, I know you've spoken to some hearts, and there's some things that we have the power to raise up again. And I pray for that child of God, that that one will be hungry to want to have his testimony back and have his faithfulness on a high level. So, dear Lord Jesus, help us to go to the graveyard tonight so that we can, on that day, go marching in with a joyful song. And not empty handed. With heads about and eyes closed, I'll ask this question before we give that invitation. If you've never been saved, He died to save you. He will save you if you just let Him. In the balcony, is there someone there who'd say, Preacher, I couldn't say that when the resurrection day comes, I'm going to marching into heaven. I want to go. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Would you pray for me tonight? Just put it up and put it down. I won't know where you are. Could you raise your hand in the balcony? Could I see that as I'm looking? Raise it up high where I could see it. If not, then down in the downstairs. Is there anyone downstairs? And I'm looking as hard as I can. You say, preacher, when the saints go in, I want to go in. I want to go into heaven, pray for me. I'm not saved. Would you put that hand up right now? Would you do it? Just raise it high. I see your hand. I see your hand, little boy. God bless you, son. I'm not going to ask you Christians what to do. I believe God's Holy Spirit has already spoken to you what you could raise up tonight. Get on a higher level. Some things you need to get out of the grave tonight. I'm going to ask you to do it